Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. Texting and group yes. chats and yes. the like. Lots of lots of digital, you know, written digital communication. But no, nah, it's first. It's, it's good to hear your voice, man. Yeah, you're, you're very yeah, distinctive. Your distinctive voice, which people recognize in the bathroom. In the bathroom at at, the at a football game. <laughs> Maybe when are you when someone you drops their phone in the. Someone drops their phone in the urinal and I offer some words of reassurance. Yeah. And he's like, hey, um, I know that voice. <laughs> People, I'm not making this up. Voice. That happened. That happened. At Was it at the Utah game or was it at? It was at the Utah game. Or was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. That happened. Somebody recognized Craig. Uh, not from the way he looked, but from the way he sounded in yeah. the bathroom. That's the way things have changed since I... I stopped making the Baxter beer videos and we've just been doing the podcast. Like I, yeah, people do recognize me cause I post pictures of myself on Twitter and stuff, but I, I get recognized by my voice now, which is, which is weird. And you probably would too. <laughs> um, if you went to probably as much as I did, probably. Uh, yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, this we're, we're just big celebs over here. What can I tell you? Yeah. Raking yeah. in the millions. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a long time. Um, first, I'll get yeah, the episode introduction long. out of the way. We can then yeah. we can talk about whatever. Uh, this is a, a, a podcast versus everyone. I forgot what our own fucking podcast was called. Um, <laughs> episode one seventy eight. I'm Craig Powers. With me as always is yeah. Jeff Newser. But yeah, this, it's been, this is the high quality, uh, the high quality production value they've come to expect from us. Yeah, are, it's been three weeks. It. You know, we've been yeah. busy. Uh, I, well, you know, I had yeah, a, you've been busy. I had eight, you've been busy. I had an eight day stretch in Las <laughs> Vegas, after which I nobody, needed to spend time with my family. Nobody should spend eight days in Las Vegas. I, I feel I feel confident saying that that is just a recipe for for trouble. So, so just to explain this, it wasn't. <laughs> I scheduled it. Wait, I want. I kind of want. Hang on, hang on. Las Vegas, hang on, just for fun. I want. I want the listeners to just think that you're like some sort of gambling addict on a bender for like a week plus. Like, I like. I kind of want. I kind of want that mystique out there. But you're gonna. You're gonna set them straight. So 
Tell yeah, why I you're actually there. I'm not, I'm not even sure if I placed a bet the entire time. To be honest. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I so I I originally that weekend, the, the 22nd, 23rd, um, had planned for nine months to go to the When We Were Young Festival, a big uh, celebration of emo and uh, emo bands, particularly from the 2000 to 2012 era. Um, so yeah, I bought tickets right away when that came out and just been planning that, uh, for, for months and months and months, but the, the, the plane tickets were just, uh, and like disastrously big. And so I was like, well, I'm just gonna have to eat it and go. Uh, but then, you know, I, I got invited by one of my clients to go to their, uh, their show in, in, uh, in Las Vegas. And it just so happened to be that week. So I had them when they paid for my flight and scheduled my flight. I had them have fly me out on Sunday so I could go to when we were young on Saturday. Now I don't know um, if some of y'all follow what happened with when we were young. I woke up on Saturday, uh, was going to, was that a friend's staying at a friend's place for the weekend uh, was getting, got ready getting ready to go uh, catch the bus to head to the, or uh, to catch, catch a bus, head to the uh, festival. And my friend's uh, girlfriend, my friend was out of town, but my friend's girlfriend says, Hey, where are you going? I said to the festival. She's like, it's canceled. I'm like, whatever. No way. You're, you're, you're fucking with me. And she, she turns over the phone. She has my friend on FaceTime. He's like, no, really look at this page. It's literally like festival supposed to start in an hour. And, and so I look, it's canceled. I have to call my friend, Rochelle, who's at her hotel, her, her hotel getting ready. Um, Hey, it's canceled. She's like, you're fucking with me. I'm like, no, I swear. Um, and at that moment, you know, I, I text, I, I text my wife. She's like, well, can you go tomorrow? And I'm like, well, I'd have to move my flight. She's like, well, you should, maybe you went all the way down there to go to it. And, you know, and so I just got on StubHub, like 50,000 other people. Try to get tickets. Finally, after 100 tries, got a ticket, moved my flight to Monday. Uh, fun fact, the Monday flight was apparently cheaper because I got a credit back. That was cool. <laughs> um, and the ticket, we get full refunds for the Saturday tickets. And my Sunday ticket was actually cheaper on StubHub than my original price. Um, so that worked out pretty good. Um, uh, so uh, my friend Rochelle and I went to the When We're Young Fest. We, we had another friend... Uh, Rochelle's friend, uh, Nick, that was supposed to go. He got a ticket for Sunday as well, but they never sent it to him. But he did get to go to the one, which is basically the same show, last Saturday on the 29th. So so he did end up getting to go. Um, but, but yeah, that was just a wild, wild weekend. Um, and then turned out to – I thought I already thought I was going to be in Vegas for seven days. I was in Vegas for – added that eighth day another night in Vegas. Um, so yeah, you know how that goes. Uh, got lots of sleep, you know, ton, tons of good rest. Just <laughs> Not at all. No, wait, um, I, I want, how does that go, Craig? How does it go when someone spends the eighth night in Vegas? Uh, it, well, actually Rochelle and I ended up just walking to try to get away from the crowd and catch an Uber and hope the Uber prices would come down like three miles down to the Aria. Like, oh my God. I, I, I don't think we even realized we were walking that far. We were just like, it's, I don't know. Like we kept looking at the Uber. It's like ridiculously expensive. We're still going. We're still going. Uh, 
Um, so I didn't even get back to like my friend's house until like almost two after the festival got oh over around gosh. midnight. And, and so, but I did like, I booked like a, a three thirty PM flight. Like, so I, I, I got to sleep in a bunch. Um, uh, Smart. And then make my way to the airport, which was nice. It's like you've traveled um, before. Yeah. 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 When I, and I, yeah. So when I saw that was available, I, I, I picked that one up. Um, you know, I did mean I, and I got, you know, I did mean I didn't quite, I got back just in time to help put the kids to bed. Um, which was good. Uh, cause I hadn't done that in eight days and my wife was losing her goddamn <laughs> mind. Um, she yeah, did have, yeah, she's, her dad she's a gem for, for encouraging you to stay like that's She like, did have like, her dad let's, over let's for, call more that for than real half of those days to help, but still, you know, they're still. not complaining to grandpa. They're complaining to mom. Correct. Um, they want mo- they yeah, want so, mom to solve the shit. Yeah, they want mom to solve the problems. Grandpa only gets the happy stuff. Um, but yeah, so that was <laughs> that was wow. That was a big reason. So we didn't record that the week while I was in Vegas. You know, I had a lot of shit to do when I was at the work conference. Um, also, I was just doing stuff. You know, I, I told you like I went to a Cirque show. Um, yeah, we were gonna record. Right, you were like, like oh, I'm in I'm in Vegas. Like I don't really have anybody here. Like, let's. Why don't we record? And I was like, sure. And then you were like, well, actually, I could, I mean, I could go to a search. I'm like, buddy, you should go to that show. You should live it up in Vegas. I'm sure our, you know, 50 listeners will be sad, but I want you to be happy. <laughs> yeah. And then I, the con- the conference had Steve Miller band as, as like a, a performer on Wednesday. He's quite old, but put on quite a, he's, he did a great job. And then That's I good. saw a, I saw a, a a Golden Knights game on Thursday, and then we went to another uh, co- emo concert on Friday. Um, which, by the way, the so there was a band that opened called Strange Nineties, which is not really a band; it's just a bunch of pop punk singers that sing '90s songs with their bands and stuff. Um, and so that was fun. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Goldfinger comes out and plays their own song, Superman. Any of my Tony Woo. Hawk fans out there, that That's was amazing. Right. Uh, that was that was amazing. Um, yeah, I may yeah, have heard that uh, song about fifty thousand times on Tony Hawk also, Pro Skater on my PS One. Yeah, when you go, well, I've, I've heard it like fifty thousand times on my PS Five with a re-released <laughs> version of it, um, as lo- as well as the PS One ones back in the day. Uh, but it, so the fight thing is uh, a difference of going to a show in Vegas on the strip where they may not have the same, um, uh, you know, uh, like noise rules, uh, is, is that, uh, they, um, they, that show, it was a, you know, it was a few emo bands, uh, including uh, story of the year closed out and they were done at almost 2 a.m. Like I don't think I've ever been to a rock concert that got over at two a.m. Yeah, and so we were like, "Holy shit, we have to go to the festival in like nine hours now." <laughs> we're drunk, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was it was a good time. Uh, despite eight days, you know, I it was it was fun. I missed my kids. I'm back now. I, I spent some time with my family last weekend. I was like Jeff. I well, can't yeah. Really so record. that was I the should, that should, was the other time we were going to my record. wife. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, like we could record but also i should hang out with my family i'm like yes you should hang out with your family so <laughs> so yeah 
No one cares about any of this. They're just like, where the fuck are the episodes been? Yeah. And um, why don't you talk about the fucking Cougs, guys? Yeah. But yeah, so the Cougs. So in their time that we've been gone, they've played two games. Uh, there was a bye, and then there was <laughs> yeah two losses. Um, yeah. Two, well, and then two kind of unimpressive offensive performances. Uh, well, that's extremely kind. Yeah, and <laughs> so the the Oregon State game that was weeks ago. We won't like yeah. go too much into it, but let's talk about this Utah game that just happened on Thursday. It already feels like it was a long time ago. It feels like forever ago. Um, in front of that capacity crowd in Pullman um, of like no. thirteen thousand ish. No, no, yeah, if we're lucky, <laughs> um, maybe. Yeah, uh, capacity crowd. Um, but yeah, they. I mean, they put up a fight, but they did. It's just in that defense. Uh, you know, they they got a little fortunate that Utah played their backup quarterback. Um, it, but you know, still they held Utah's offense down to uh, you know twenty one points. It despite the fact that the their own offense wasn't doing a whole lot. Um. Uh, you know, they, it, it was good to see them mount that comeback at the end, but also there was just a, another, after the defense gets a, a turnover, which was pretty fortunate actually, but the defense gets a turnover on a botched handoff and you're down seven, you're in deep in their territory. It kind of felt like the game was right there. Yep. Um, even though there was still like, I think like 10 minutes left at that point, but it was, it, it kind of felt like we don't score here. It's going to be tough. Now they got, they, they got the ball back, you know, with an opportunity again, but they just couldn't get anything done, but it was just, yeah, it, um, it, it it's just like, this is uh, these, these last three games, the offensive performance have just been exactly what we feared coming into the season in that we weren't that deep at receiver. And we were really iffy on the offensive line. We weren't that deep at running back. If there are any issues in any of those positions, yep. we could struggle. Well, there have been issues at all three of those positions. Uh, so we're missing top receivers. We're missing now top two running backs. We're we're missing, you know, even the offensive line has been shuffled around. We've had injuries there. And now what we're seeing is just uh, – you know, Cam having to run for his life a lot, leading to some bad decision-making sometimes, maybe missing some throws that he otherwise maybe could make. You know, he's making some bad decisions. You know, I mean, it's not all on offensive line all the time, but sometimes it's just like when the defensive line is there on him in, in under a second, like there's, it's not a lot the quarterback can do. But, yeah, this has just been – it's just been tough to watch. Like it's been a really kind of – and that is now – the, the problem is you see people complain about all the screen passes that they throw. Best joke I saw on Twitter yesterday was, oh, my God, watch out, your kids. Your kids, I just found another WSU screen pass in, 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 in their candy. Yeah. Scary stuff. That was pretty funny. Well, yeah, why are they throwing all these screen passes, Jeff? Why do they keep well, throwing they, these they fucking can't screen passes over and over else. again? Because they can't they do anything can't else, do anything man. Else. Like, like if you can only block for half it. a second. Well, and that was the thing. Like, I mean, so Utah totally knew it. The screens were successful earlier this year. And then 
And then they got figured out because teams figured out that, okay, this, the essentially like a, a, a few weeks ago, you know, the, the jig was up essentially like they, the, with the offense, you know, there's enough film now that they, they kind of know what we can do and what we can't do. And now defenses have adjusted. They've taken away the screens. Um, we don't have a vertical threat anymore with Renard bell out. And so it's like, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, the air raid needs time to develop, right? So you can find the empty spaces and there's just, there's just no time, man. The, the line is, is awful. Um, you know, they reshuffled it a bit before the Utah game, but it, you know, it really didn't make much of a difference. And I, you know, I don't know. Utah's always got good lines, right? You know, it's, that's, that's how they yeah. built this thing. Um, both offense and defense. They always have these, these strong lines. They, um, they get these offensive linemen from Utah, right? And, and they, you know, they build it that way. These, you know, these big strapping offensive linemen from Utah, and then they get, um, you know, lots of uh, lots of polys to play on the defensive line, and you know, they 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 sort of recruit that way, and they typically dominate in those areas, and that that was what happened. So I, you know, I don't know if the reshuffling of the offensive line was productive or unproductive. I mean, certainly the results weren't better against Utah, but um, you know, but I did find it interesting. You know, that what they did was they uh, they benched Fafita. That was that was kind of the the move that they ended up making um, after kicking him back inside the week before to play right guard um, when Stevens was out with the targeting penalty. Um, you know, they he he didn't didn't play well in that game either. Right. He was the starting right tackle to begin the year, went into right guard and they brought in the converted defensive lineman who they really, really love to play right tackle. Um, and then they went ahead and went with something similar against Utah with Stevens. Uh, back on the inside, and then the the freshman whose name escapes me, um, he's he's Samoan, I believe. Um, you know, right tackle. So he's you know they they went with that. You know, I don't know, man. I mean, Ward didn't have any time to throw at all. <laughs> you know, I mean the one the the one you know spectacular touchdown he threw. There was a dude about to kill him. Um, you know, and yep. then it, it's a touchdown because, uh, because, you know, the defender fell down. I mean, maybe it's a touchdown if the defender doesn't fall down, but certainly that's why, you know, the, the receiver was so wide open. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so tough to judge anything. Running is, is a mess right now because, you know, you're down to basically your fourth string running back, right? Jenkins goes out in that game. Watson's been out. Um, and Cannon Katzer apparently is transferring. I don't know why, but you know, whatever. So you're down to Dylan Payne. <laughs> trying to run the ball and you know, I mean, God bless him, but you know, it's that, that's not a recipe for success either. So I don't know, man, it's hard for me to evaluate and parse what is what um, I certainly think Cam Ward can play better. You know, I think that the receivers can, can play better. I think that Morris can, can call a better game. I mean, I think there's plenty of blame to go around, but it's also just, I mean, it's so tough to, it's just so tough to be successful. If your offensive line is being overwhelmed from the jump on just about every snap and, you know, I I don't know any play caller that can completely cope for that. I don't know any quarterback that can completely cope for that. And you know, if Ward's missing reads and throws, I mean, there you know there are guys on our staff on our Slack who are you know way smarter than me about football, saying no, he's missing, he's missing stuff. And I'm like, okay, but also you know, I think there's some human nature when you're running for your life on on just about every play. It makes it very difficult to you know to stand in there and and make sure that you see the stuff you're supposed to see. So. 
I don't know. It's very discouraging, very difficult. Um, I, you know, I don't know what to make of it going forward for the last four games on the one hand. Uh, you know, we've played some really tough opponents, man. Like all of our losses, somebody pointed out today, all of our losses were ranked in the uh, college football playoff rankings that were revealed tonight. Yep. It's Tuesday night. So obviously we've played quality opponents, but also like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, you know, when I think about Stanford and I think about Arizona, like in Arizona state, like I, like I, and Washington, I mean, I can think of reasons why we're going to lose all four of those games. And this is coming from the guy who was like, I think we might win all six down the stretch. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's tough. Because you look at the, the Southern Cal, the Oregon State, Utah games. Defense wasn't bad. Nope. It's just the offense is doing nothing. The you offense know, is In pizza. all those games, WC was in it early. And in it, even in the second half, yep. And just when the offense just can't, when you're relying on like a big player here and there that to break and or yeah, or you're relying on maybe you know busting, you know like in and against Southern Cal that you know Jenkins busted a couple of big runs and uh, against Utah they got they hit a couple deep passes that set up both their touch or one was a touchdown one set up another touchdown. So that so that that's what they're relying on, but we're not going to consistently get that with this offensive line, and so when that inevitably fails, when the defensive line on the other side starts eating because we're not really wearing them down much, they're not really on the field that much. By the end of the game, they're still fresh. Um, by the way, the official attendance was twenty one thousand for that Utah game. No fucking way. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, right. but but yeah, it it's but yeah, you know. It, sitting up where I do, like I, I see a lot of those missed throws and you get frustrated, but it's also like, I don't know, like yeah, how quickly can you expect someone to make those decisions? Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, we're, we're left with, we're playing what is the, this, you know, other than maybe the first three games, uh, the softest part of WSU schedule now, um, Stanford, who has, uh, been bad, but also had some times when they, I, I don't know, like they beat Notre Dame and they beat Arizona State. Uh, other than that, you know, and they nearly beat Oregon State. So they had like a three-grain stretch, but then they just got pummeled by UCLA. Um, their offense looks very bad, uh, but so does ours. <laughs> like I don't think their offense is much worse than ours right now <laughs> or even no. worse at all. Um, now I think – their defense is probably worse than WSU's. Um, but again, that game's in Palo Alto. Uh, if you look at when Stanford has played well, uh, you know, it. they did beat Notre Dame on the road. Their, their one uh, conference win was at home against Arizona State. Um, and they also took or they should have beat Oregon State um, at home as well. Uh, and then they hung with Southern Cal for a while at home too. So, um, you know, you got to think you're going to get a better shot from them at home. So that makes that more difficult. And, and the gap you saw between the two teams maybe a month ago when the offensive line was kind of holding up for WSU uh, and, and what we expect, we had kind of expected some offensive progression that has not come um, the other way around, in, in fact. Uh, now you're looking like that Stanford game is a lot more of a toss up than you may have thought a month ago. Right. 
Yeah, and and then you start thinking about okay, well, if we're going to a bowl game, right? I mean, when this team was sitting at what was it, four and one, right? Yeah, we're sitting at four and one, and we're like, ah, we're not thinking about bowl games. We're thinking about conference title game type stuff. Like, hey, could we could we maybe get there? Is that a possibility? Like. I mean, we were, yeah, let's, let's see, let's see how this goes. Right. And then, I mean, now, you know, three straight losses later. And, and I mean, there are legit explanations for each one. Like we mentioned, they were, you know, all these teams are good. You know, that's part of it. Um, You know, in the Oregon state game, I mean, you know, as we talked about, you know, heading into that one, it was, it was not hard to imagine that Oregon state was going to be, you know, incredibly fired up, you know, to win that game and try to, you know, finally, finally, finally break the curse. I mean, it, and that's literally what it has seemed like that we have, you know, held some sort of curse on them the way we've won, you know, the last few years, Um, you know, dating back to, to Borgie's, you know, plunge with no time on the clock, um, you know, in, in 2019. And it's like, so yeah, it wasn't surprising that Oregon state was totally up for that. Again, not surprising. We lost to USC, not, not shocking we lost to Utah, right? But it's like, God, you start putting it all together and, and it really does shake, I think, your faith that, okay, well, you know, can they beat anyone? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, is Stanford way worse than the last three teams we've played? Yeah, it's they're way, way, way worse. But also, it, like, you start to wonder, like, you know, you watch the offense have such troubles, you know, are they going to be able to even do it against Stanford? Are they... So it's, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm kind of in, I'm in a little tough spot. I do think that, um, one interesting thing is I'm looking at this, uh, I'm looking at the prediction tracker. I don't think I've cited this on the podcast before. I, I only found this a few weeks ago, but, um, basically they, well, they track a lot of things from, you know, prediction models in, in college football. Um, but one thing they also do is aggregate the, the predictions. Um, currently right now, the aggregate composite prediction is, is Cougs by about a field goal. So, you know, I, I don't know, man, that's close. That's not, that's not very convincing score a field goal to win. Yeah. To yeah. Score at least three um, points. And then percentage wise, they've got it like 57, 42 basically uh, for the Cougs. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's slight favorite. It's, it's more than a coin flip, but, but it ain't much more than a coin flip. So. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, it, it's stressful. Uh, you, I think, I think we probably would have. I think we probably in our in our uh, preseason predictions each had this around sixty percent. So I guess that hasn't changed. But just given yeah. we kind of thought this was an automatic a month ago, we're like, oh, we'll get Stanford, yeah. we'll get this one, we'll get that oh one. yeah. And now it's like that if if this one's not automatic, then I don't know what is right. Um, you know, because kind of your your two more winnable ones. Stanford, or obviously Arizona State, Stanford, and Arizona, you're, you're kind of the wor- three worst teams you have left in your schedule. Two of those are on the road. Um, yep. You know, at Arizona State, I know people like the 1230 games, and it's dad's weekend, so that'll be good for them. But I'd rather have Arizona State at night, to be honest. Like, I want, yeah. I want it to be cold and miserable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't want there to be any comfort for them in Pullman. Um, cause now it's like, I don't, who cares if it affects our offense? Could our offense get any worse? I mean, yeah, they probably, they could, we've seen it worse, but, but yeah, it, it it's just, um, yeah, it, it, I, so Stanford, they, they do, they, they have a decent pass rush. 
Uh, they had 21 sacks on the year. Uh, so they, they get a few sacks a game. So you can probably add a couple for them. They're probably going to sack us like four or five times. Uh, WSU has the, I saw pick six previews posted. WSU has the 61st out of 66th worst sack rate given up this year, um, yep. which is even, even in the big sack years, like with Falk, they would throw so much that the sack rate wouldn't be that bad. So the fact that they throw a lot and they give up a lot of sacks is just really bad. Like it's just drive yep. killing over and over yep. again. And they just haven't been able to get a ground game going, you know, since USC really, um, yeah, it's rough. And so, uh, it, it's just hard to think like even against Stanford's defense, it's, it's not like abysmally bad. You know, they've, they've had some really good games. Like, um, and we certainly don't have the offense of a UCLA or an Oregon or a Southern Cal to, or even a U, or you dub to like to drop 40 on them or, or, you know, high thirties. So it, like how many points can you expect? Are you hoping for 21 and then hoping WC's defense can hold Stanford to less than that? Like, and yeah. maybe WC's defense is that good and they, they probably should, you know, they, something they should be able, they could be able to do. But it's it's hard to even imagine this offense. They haven't scored more than twenty one points since Oregon, and yeah. they haven't even really got, like yeah. They it's it's it, or more than seventeen points, I should say. So it, it's just like it's hard to fathom them scoring even twenty one at this point. And so you're you're hoping you can win games by scoring twenty one. Like that defense better come to play. Yeah, I mean the defense is good. We know that, but the defense isn't like that good. <laughs> they're like they're not super dominant they're not like a, i mean even they're not the, an automatic they're not automatic no like, they're, like they're holding teams to under 30 which is which is good like that's um you know that's what you would hope for in a, in a you know in the pack 12 and you know that's going to give you a chance to to win some games but you know there's also a part of me that's like eh, you know I, you know, was, was Utah really, you know, did that, did, did they really open up their offense? I mean, they were missing tons of weapons, including the quarterback. Right. Yep. Um, you know, Oregon state, I mean, they do what they do, you know, that's uh, holding them to 24 is kind of like, I mean, good, but also like, you know, they're, they're kind of a ground and pound minimized possession kind of team anyway. Um, you know, holding USC to 30 was, was, I, th I think a pretty good accomplishment, especially, especially given how what you know, the offense get, was giving on their side yeah. in that game. So that was fine, but it's like, you know, the defense is good, it's just it's not a dominant defense, like above average, right? And and right now the defense being above average is not compensating for the offense being like putrid. And I I don't know, man, this might be a game where the defense needs to to find another gear. I, I, one of the biggest things I think is that you know, early in the year, we were kind of like, yeah, you know, these negative plays, right? They, yep. um, they're getting sacks, That's they're getting right tackles right. for loss, man. Those have kind of disappeared and, you know, we're not getting a lot of sacks. Uh, you know, Ron Stone, have you looked, have you seen how many sacks Ron Stone has? Yeah. yeah. How many? Two. Two. How Two sacks. Jackson? How many does Brandon Jackson have? Three. Two. I haven't looked at that one. Two also. All right, Dayon so there you go. Is Dayon's only sitting at four now, you know? Yeah, and you know he gets them uh, on those Goa nice blitzes, but at three and a half, it's it's just yeah. I mean, what they had seven I mean, look, against Colorado. They had seven against Colorado yeah. State. They have fourteen in the other seven games. Yes, 
Yeah. I mean, sacks aren't everything, obviously. Uh, pressure matters. But they're and, and pretty look, big for this. I, I'm probably being... Yeah, I'm probably being a little unfair with with Stone and Jackson because they do. To be fair, they, they do, do get pressure. pressure. Like that's not. Yep. So I I'm I'm being a little opaque. Opaque's not the right word. I'm being I'm I don't know uh, obtuse, obtuse obtuse. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm being a little obtuse with this point. Uh, good job, English teacher. But uh, you know, but the point remains, right? Like like the de- as you said, you know, the defense thrives on negative plays, and they're just not getting enough of them. Um, and some of that has to do with, okay, you got these two stud defensive ends. They gotta, they gotta get home, uh, you know, every once in a while and, and they're just, and they're not, they're not getting home. And, um, yeah. so it's, you know, it's, this might be a game where, you know, Tanner McKee is somewhat athletic, but he's certainly not a runner. Um, so this might be a game where, you know, maybe they get home a little bit. Um, it's just, you know, it'd be just, it, it's like a lot of yeah, things, Stanford right? Gives like up. the deep. Stanford gives up, especially given the fact that they don't throw a ton. A ton, they do, yeah. They do give up quite a few sacks. Yeah. Um, so there, there is an opportunity here to, to get back yeah. to that. Yeah. The defense is going through, I think, something really similar to the offense. Like, we were like, oh, look at all these creative pressures that Brian Ward is coming up with and da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, now, you know, how many times in the last few games do you remember – them getting a free runner on, on a blitz, right? Like yeah. there, there were times where we're like, look, they sent like they sent six guys and yeah. none of them came close to the quarterback. Like, I, you know, they're trying. It's just, it ain't working. And and so it's, it, I think the thing that disappointed me the most about the Utah game um, along those lines was just like, man, you had the buy, you, you were self scouting. You were, you know, had, had time to potentially devise something um, interesting and, 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 you know, sort of maybe surprising and, and they didn't like the fact they didn't even run one trick play. I'm like, man, get like, couldn't, couldn't you, you know, work up something like that? I don't, I don't know. It's, it just felt like we did not create an advantage with our coaches in that game. And that no, was kind of, that, was, that, that, was, that was pretty disappointing too. And, and, you know, maybe that is again, just kind of a function of, you know, they've, they've had their ideas and their ideas are largely what, um, helped fuel the the fast start, and and maybe now it's like, you know, the 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 roster just kind of is what it is, and and now they're just kind of, you know, we're we're more holding on to our butts than anything else, um, you know, as we try to figure out a way to to keep our head above water on our on our way to a bowl game. Yeah, now on our way to a bowl game, that is the big question. Uh, yes, it is. WSU has four games. WCU needs to win yeah. two of those. Two of them are at home. Two of them on the road. Probably your most yep. difficult team left on the schedules at home in the last game, the Apple Cup. Yep. You, your your two easiest probably of those three are on the road. Arizona State's what I I don't know, but I you got to get the Arizona State one, man. Like, got to get yeah. that one. And yeah, and the thing is, they're better be a, since they fired her Edwards. It's Dad's weekend. But, should be a big crowd. Yeah, yeah. Um, should be cold, which Arizona State generally hates. Um, yep. and they, yeah, they're not a they're they're a weird thing. Um, so let's say, let's say, you can get that Arizona State game. Yep. What's the next most confident you are? about a win about or let's say you get that Arizona state game 
What's your probability for getting one more? The probability for getting okay, so cumulative. Okay, I I would put it at like fifty fifty that they're gonna get two wins over the last four. Like I think it's so I think they, it's kind of a coin. If you get the Arizona State game, you're you're almost one point oh that though, or over one probably that though. Yeah. Well, I'm okay, so I'm saying between the, the final three, so that's let's say that's one point oh. Between the final three then it would be like point three, point three, point three, right? Point three three. So like you're, a only, third, a third, you're a third. only you're only you're only you're only at thirty percent that they can beat Stanford. No, but I'm like <laughs> like I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's I'm kind of being a jerk. I kind of yeah, I that on purpose. I know like, what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I just I, know think, what you're saying. I was trying to make you guarantee that they're going to a bowl. No, yeah. but okay. So if you go, it's, look, I mean, it's go. this is illustrative of how far I've fallen. Right, like like I said, I I sat there and I went six and O's not off the table. Five and one, yeah, that's what I would expect. And we've already, you know, they've lost the first two of those. Well, and, yeah, and well, I don't and, think they're going to win the last four. So yeah, now I'm so, like, I don't know. I'm I'm really far up inside my own head at this point. Like I I can think of I can think of reasons why they're going to lose all four games right now. Yeah, right. Like I can go. Okay, Stanford. They're going to go down there. The offensive line is going to get whipped by a decent pass rush. They're going to struggle to put up points. They're not. Da, 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 okay, great. You know, Stanford. I don't know. They're going to lose like something like seventeen fourteen to Stanford, and then they're going to come back home and they're going to play uh, Arizona State. And gosh, you know, Arizona State's playing so much better without Herm Edwards. And then they're going to go to Arizona. It's the Jaden Delora revenge game. And then they're going to come home and they're going to lose to Washington because, fuck, they always lose to Washington, except for last year, apparently. And it's like, like PJ put it on Sunday. Like, we, we've now, we're now doomed to another, like, you know, eight years of, of terrible. So, like, like I said, I, I am not the person to ask about this right now because I, I just, like, I just cannot rationally think about this thing. Um, I'm sure that we can do better than I think in my head right now, but like right now, like I'm 100% convinced in my brain right now that we're going to lose to Arizona because that offense is really good and there's no way we can keep up with them scoring. I mean, it's, is that true? Probably not, but it's like, that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. I'm just the defense like, is so bad, offense, but you're like, can the we offense even, is, yeah. Can, it, can we even, does it even matter if the other defense is bad? Defense like, like yeah. yeah. Does it even matter if the other defense is bad? Is that going to allow us to score points? I don't even know at this point. I don't even know if it matters how bad the defense is on the yeah, other Arizona's side. Arizona's so. giving up 37 points a game right now. Yes, they're horrendous. They As as bad as RF offense is at scoring points, they are as bad at preventing points. They gave up 49 so it's just to like, Cal. They gave up yes, 49 to it's Cal. It's a fucking Cal, which is insane. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This week, I will say this about Stanford. This week feels a lot like the California game did in the sense that, Hey, the season is at a bit of an inflection point. And yeah. if you're going to kind of stay on track for what you want to be, you like, like this is a game you need to win. And I think this, you know, one of the things I was um, kind of talking about with BA on Slack about was like, you know, th this is the first real adversity that Jake Dickert has faced as a, as a coach. And I know he, was put into an adverse situation last year when he was put in the position, but it's like the situation was adverse, right? It wasn't that he was necessarily facing adversity himself. It was just like, Hey, this is a shitty situation. You're in charge now. Go for it. This is like, okay, on some level, he was a part of putting the team in this position, right? Like he's the coach. 
you know, now they're sitting at four and four. Um, so, you know, he was a part of that and now he's, you know, he's got a, we're going to find out, I think a little bit about, um, what he can do and how he motivates kids and, you know, is, is the rah, rah stuff going to keep working? Are they going to respond, um, against Stanford? Are they, you know, are they going to bring it? Are we, are we going to see a team that believes in who they are? And, you know, like, I mean, you went to the Wisconsin game, right? We all watched it. That's a team that believed it could go yep. in there and win, you know, so when I watched them against Utah, I did not see a team that believed it could beat Utah. And that's pretty concerning. So, you know, how do they respond this week? I think I think it's going to, you know, it's not like a referendum on Dickert or anything like that. I mean, for God's sakes, it's first year. But it's like, it's going to tell us something, you know, how the team handles this adversity and how he handles this adversity as a coach and um, what he's able to coax out of his team and out of his staff. Um, heading into this game, I, I I think this this game is is an inflection point, and it's, and it's fascinating for that reason. Yeah, and of of course, the optimist view is what we mentioned is that their four losses are to four ranked teams so far. Yep, and maybe that's why it's looked so bad because they played all four out of five games, played those teams. Yep, and you know maybe you're like, hey, we. They did win on the road in Wisconsin. They uh, they pummeled Cal. Maybe if we look at those those um, those uh, those results, and we can project just as much from them as we can from the the losses. Uh, but we also have to look at there's some guys that are out that had good games in those games, and and that's that's where you get the pessimism. Like this is not the same team that beat Wisconsin. This is not even the same team that beat Cal. Um, so it's it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I I want to be optimistic. I look forward to watching the game on Saturday. Um, hopefully it will uh brighten our spirits because you know for a while this season. After they pummeled Cal, after they beat Wisconsin, after they took Oregon to the brink, you're like, this is a pretty fucking good football team, and they're getting better. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're like, holy fuck, can we beat anyone? I feel like, yeah. It's, it's sucks. You're questioning everything. I mean, I'm the guy who wrote, yeah, the offense is on schedule. Like, they're, they're getting better every week. And, you know, you looked at the stretch of uh, USC, Oregon State, and Utah, and it was kind of like, eh. I I mean, they could win two out of three of those, <laughs> you know, at least one. Surely they're going to win one uh, and they win any. And like I said, now, now you sort of question everything. So I don't know, man. I hope I, I'm going to be a ball of nerves. If you lose to Stanford, suddenly you're like, holy shit. You know, where do two more wins come from? Um, and things start to feel very and even and I'll be honest, even at this point, I mean, yeah, we want to go to a bowl and that's great. But also like, let's just be frank. Six wins is going to feel like a disappointment from where we were, uh, yeah. you know? So, gonna, you know, I think it's going to, like for some bowl game that no one can go to or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's going to take probably seven wins to feel like, all right, yeah, that was okay. Um, six wins is going to feel like, eh, you know, we were sitting at four and one and complaining about not being ranked. And then, uh, we, we scratched out two wins over the, over the final, what, seven games. Like it's not going to feel real great. So yeah, I, well, I don't know, man, this, is, this week's going to be important. The, the good thing is it is a daytime game. 
So you can just yes. not have to stress about it all day. 12.30 yes, p.m. start. And then it'll be over. And then my sister and I, you know, uh, my sister's really into karaoke. She's got this spot she likes closer to her house. And I told you, you know, I want to spend more time with my sister. So I said, I'm going to learn a song to karaoke. So oh, I'm going to I'm gonna go. go and I'm going to sing Make Damn Sure by Taking Back Sunday because it's not that <laughs> hard to sing. And That's a, a good idea. Yelling and, talk, yelling and kind of swag, swag talking. So, so, and she looked and they have it on their list. So I'll, I'll just be not even thinking about the football game. I'll be more stressed out about that on Saturday because I suck at karaoke because I am not that good of a singer. Um, yeah, you're and, braver than uh, I am. Um, but, but you know what? Sometimes for the, the people you love in your life, you just have to, you have to push yourself. You have to, you have to try new things. And, uh, you know what? I think I can sing that song pretty well. Because, uh, you know, I've seen seen Adam Lazar in concert a few times now. I know I know how his swagger works. You know, I, I, I like the way, the way he sings that song. It's, it's kind of easier to sing. But I will be more stressed about, about that than the WAC football game. I'll be like watching and I'll be watching <laughs> it and I'll be thinking, shit, I'm sick. Why did I... Why did I agree like to this? sing? Why did I, I agree to sing this? later? What am I doing? What am I doing? And it's it's a place I have to drive to, so I can't even have like five beers. Can't even get loaded. Like I, I'm gonna have like one beer, and then I'm gonna have to sing in front of people. Oh no! Amazing. Oh no! But also, yeah, wow. the coup game. I'll be real stressed about that too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Should we take a break? Yes, we should. Okay. We'll talk about Let's beer go to break. and stuff. back everyone left because we didn't tease what we were going to do after the break everyone's like <laughs> Shit. nothing to hear on the other side that's right there won't be anything else Shit, i need to i need to open my my beer but uh jeff yeah. what are you drinking i well after starting with a miller light kind of get things going uh i am now drinking uh the extra juicy pale ale Cosmic collaboration between Ecliptic and Holy Mountain. Ooh. Yeah. It's delicious. Brewed with our friends at Holy Mountain Brewing, this pale ale was dry hopped for surreal amounts of juiciness. Using Vista and Brew One, expect tropical notes along with stone fruit, melon, and pear. So, yes, one of our favorite, probably our our favorite Seattle brewery, right? And then I would uh, say so. yeah, for you. I don't know. I'm pretty partial to Georgetown, but that's okay. And then, uh, yeah, Ecliptic out of, out of Portland. So a nice little Portland-Seattle collaboration. Uh, Christine Sinclair probably does not approve, but oh well. I thought that was pretty sick, though. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I wanted to be mad, and I couldn't be mad. For those of you who like, don't know yeah. what, what I'm talking about, yeah, the 
um, the Thorns won the NWSL championship, and then Christine Sinclair. Yay, Morgan for, Weaver. Yay, Morgan Weaver. Fuck Portland Thorns. Uh, yeah, fuck Portland, though. And but so happy for uh, you, Christine Sinclair. Yes, but we're happy for UP, Morgan. UP, she, uh, she's been, Tacoma. Yeah, oh, UP's, UP's finest. Uh, she's been, Christine Sinclair has been playing for about 86 years and th- said she was going to play for another year. And then she punctuated by saying, fuck Seattle. And I wanted to be mad, but I, I, I couldn't, I was just like, yeah, I, yeah. I love I it, mean, man. You earned that. It's okay. I get it. Yeah, I just I didn't need when... Brenna Green retweeting it into my timeline 86 times. I know. That's what I, I know. Didn't that's, need. I, you know, Brenna, like, love you. I know, you, Brenna. We know you work in Oregon co- now. Covering, covering that Portland stretch run. Although there was that one picture of Morgan shotgunning a beer, and I my coo cart swole like three sizes. That's right. Go fucking coogs on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pr- I'm she happy for her. There. She put she put on one of the greatest shows we've ever seen to get coo- the kooks to a to a college yep. cup. Um, yep. I it, I was a little devastating when she went to Portland of all teams, especially because yep. WSU was or, or that just because the rain were basically playing in her hometown at the time <laughs> and, and uh, like yep. a mile from my house. Uh, but yeah, she's obviously the the thorns. Uh, admittedly, are a are a good team. I will not say a great organization because of who is at the top. Um, I will say they have great fans and they have good players, and the people at the top do not deserve either of those things. Um, yes, is the best way I could put it. Without there, you go going on a diatribe. Um, All right, so what are you drinking? So what am I drinking? So, you know, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, we've kind of fallen out of the minds of our listeners. We've faded into obscurity. Um, so I thought, what better way to celebrate that than drinking um, the obscure barrel-aged barley wine, a collaboration between American Solera and Green Bench Brewing, uh, brewed at Green Bench Brewing in St. Petersburg, Florida, down in PJ's Neck of the Woods. Um, this was a collaborative English style barley wine aged 18 months in Jamaican rum barrels with a Thomas Hardy Ooh. culture. Thomas Hardy's a, a famous, uh, barley wine, um, exuding flavors of raisin, juicy, dark cherry, toffee, rich caramel, honey, and an intense brown cane sugar layered over a full and silky mouthfeel. Um, I'm excited for this. I've had like a little taste of it. It comes in a tiny little bottle. So it wasn't like very beer share friendly. Um, but this beer kind of, they call it the obscure, like no one really expected much out of it. You, I bought like one bottle of it on, I think on Tavar, like way, but years ago, like this came out in like 2018 or something. And then people started trying it and they're like, holy shit, this beer is so good. And then they started hunting it down. So it, it, it kind of was no longer obscure. It was, it was kind of a hot beer to get. And it's still, yeah, it's really fucking good yeah um this is a good beer to have at the end of the night really sweet like sometimes the rum barrels you're expecting the sweetness but you get more of the like just a straight up ethanol from it but this is just the rum blends in with the barley wine like the english style barley wine, which is a sweeter style like so fucking well exactly all the flavors that they said i really get the toffee tons of toffee tons of brown sugar um this is incredible um it's gonna take me a while to drink this i bet i'll be sipping it long after we uh long after we shut this podcast down this is so good you cannot get it good luck um 
sorry it is they didn't make very much of it and it came out like five years ago so um go ahead go find it and it was in it it's from florida so um go ahead go find some good luck it's delicious um man this is really good i basically just wanted like a small format bottle to drink uh this is really tasty i'm glad i glad i opened it um yeah so now that we've done beer uh what do you want to do first soccer or volleyball well you want to be happy or sad well let's well given that i you know (laughs) recently went to an emo festival i say let's get sad let's get sad let's get sad Soccer, soccer, soccer's in trouble, my friend. Like, uh, I, I don't know yeah. how much trouble because we are not uh, bracketologists with the soccer tournament. And uh, as far as I know, there's nobody no who does bracketology for that. But there, it's there, uh, there's no fucking way. Like, yeah, I, I, this is their last, their last, their last seven results: loss, loss, tie, draw, loss, draw, loss, loss. Yep. Yep. I, 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 I can't imagine there's a result against Washington. So their, their last game against Washington. Um, I can't imagine there's a result that, that gets them over the top there. Uh, I mean, they're currently sitting in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth place. Uh, they would jump, they would jump ahead of Washington into seventh place. Uh, if they if they beat the Huskies, um, which you know obviously would be great, but their conference records two five and three, um, overall eight six and four, um, it, it would be on, like, what a disaster! Uh, except for the like they like sa- we were like ah the they're doing not so good, yeah. and that like in our last podcast, and since then it's just been like they've got two points in their last what'd you say seven games right? Yeah, like yep. that's ugh. My yeah, God. and they were ranked. By the way, when that happened, when that run started, I th- when that that skid started, I think they were ranked fifteenth when that started. Yeah, so because they were, they hadn't, they had only, they had won a bunch, they hadn't lost in like since the opening yep. match of the year. They hadn't yep. basically and they lost. Jumped in two into months, the top almost. fifteen, and then just like this unbelievable skid, like it's crazy. And, I don't really, know, man save for the USC match on Sunday, but a lot of it has come what we saw at the start of the year. They just can't finish. Like they can't, they can't finish their, their chances. I'm not watching them enough. Maybe their chances just aren't that good. We're seeing like the shot totals and all that, but like, yeah, just not, you know, in that stretch, one goal, one goal, one goal, no goals, no goals, no goals. Then two against USC. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely wild. I, I will say, so I have not been able to watch them as much recently. I did watch a good chunk of the UCLA game. So you, for people who don't know, UCLA is ranked number one in the country. Um, we went absolutely toe-to-toe with them for 90 minutes, played our asses off, um, you know, didn't win, but, you know, like like really played well. Um, and then, you know, going to USC. USC is the third place team in the Pac-12. Like USC is really, really, really damn good. Losing to them 3-2, to two, no shame in that. Problem is all the results before that. Yeah, you <laughs> got to beat Arizona and Arizona State. You got to yeah, beat Cal. You, you got to beat, beat Arizona. Oregon. You got to beat Oregon. Like you got to beat all these teams, and and you didn't. And so you can absorb um, then that, you were, that two last weekend. 
if you if yeah you beat all those teams you're supposed to beat. Exactly, because you go well. UCLA is really good. USC is really good. You're playing them on the road. Okay, fine. Instead, those turned into games like uh, you you had to show the committee something, and I I don't think you know losing by a goal to both of them is the sort of thing that's gonna you know move the needle, right? So yeah, I it's it, like they. I think it's a combination of a, of a lack of being clinical on their finishing, but also the chances aren't as good as maybe it seems. Yes. They pile up a ton of these shots, but they, you know, I think on the last podcast, I think I called them a blunt force object. Like they're just like a blunt force object is like, you know, a sledgehammer, right? Like they're going to, they're just going to like pound you and pound you and pound you with shots until finally, you know, something falls to somebody's feet and then they, they, you know, slam it into the back of the net and they get their goal that way. Um, they're just not, there's just not a lot of, I want to choose my words carefully here. Cause I don't want to be like, there's not a lot of skill. Like there's, there's a ton of skill. So I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that. What I am trying to say is they don't, they don't, they don't play a lot of beautiful football by design. Um, you know, they are a big physical team. And so they use that to their advantage. They win second balls in the midfield with their headers on people's clearances. They play balls into Margie Detrizio, who is super strong and very physical. And, you know, and so, so they, they play off of that. And so they just sort of like, just come at you and come at you and come at you. But the, the finishing is just not there. And they don't, they don't get a lot of well-worked goals, right? Where you see like two and three and four and five you know, string passing combinations to get somebody open. Um, you know, they just play very direct and it's pretty simple. And, you know, when it works, it's like, yeah, you know, and then, you know, you saw them play some lesser teams early in the year at work, right. They were kind of sort of physically overwhelming some people. Um, you know, it doesn't always work in the pac 12. And, and, and I think that's, that's kind of what got them. I, yeah. Definitely one of the most disappointing seasons that I can remember, maybe the most disappointing outside of like the, I don't know. The COVID year was pretty bad, but that was, you know, a weird ass, you know, spring season. So, I mean, that was whatever it was. Um, this is, man, this team had really high expectations and, you know, they started the year ranked. And I think that was the first time, uh, first time under Schulenberger, they had started the year ranked and, and they jumped back into the ranking after falling out right away after losing to Michigan. And, and then to go on that skid, man, I, I'm not sure I've seen anything like it, uh, under definitely under Schulenberger. Um, and, and I can't recall anything before that. So yeah, we're super disappointing. Uh, so, I, I, you know, beat Washington, I guess I'll feel a little bit better. Yeah. Well, I, we, we talked about Morgan Weaver earlier, so I had to point out that when she spoke, um, at the same rally where, uh, Christine St. Clair said, fuck Seattle, she started her speech with a go Cougs, Directed at, yeah. as Brenna, Brenna wrote, directed at her teammate, Marissa Everett, who went to Oregon. So well, yeah. well done there, Morgan. Um, love it. Be, be that, and be also that Elise Bennett, play. by the way, played in that game. Yes, also. That's what I was going to say, but there was in the championship game of the NWSL, Morgan Weaver started and Elise Bennett came on. And so we had two, two Wazoo grads playing in one of the top leagues in the world in the championship game. Um, yep. That's that's pretty impressive. Super uh, cool. You know, it, it, in 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 soccer, it, there it, it's not like a lot of the other major sports where there's one very obvious best league. Um, you know, it, NWSL is up there with you know the 
the Premier League and the you know the, the same like the Spanish League and, and and things like that. But 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 you still you you don't have the players that are concentrated in one place quite the same way. Uh, but but seriously, super impressive um, to have the, how far this program's come. There's so many players in the NWSL. Two of them were on two of the, you know have played significant roles on two of the best teams in the league this year, um, which is very cool to see. It just shows how deep this program has got, which also shows, you know, like this could be a rough season, but they fully can bounce back with the way yep. um, Schulberger's staff is recruiting and all that. Um, and plus, like you said, to go out on a high note, um, beat, beat UW in Pullman Friday night at 7 p.m. If you're in Pullman, uh, please go go to that. Um, it'd be cool to see them uh, uh, finish at least on a high note. Yeah, I yeah, like we said, not so sure that there's postseason in their future. Maybe maybe we don't know what we're talking about. I don't know. Um, but but yeah, I got beating you, Dub. Always important. Um, and also, yeah, like this team produces players, and yeah, I I think they'll continue to do that with the recruits they're bringing in, and and so yeah, there's a lot of young young talent on this team they could come back be really good again next year uh but yeah but switching over to uh to another program which has been even steadier than the soccer program maybe not with the highest the, as high of height but but very steady aiming for their sixth consecutive NCAA tournament and kind of looking like they're on track to it uh right now um after uh uh, uh you know Losing to Stanford this weekend, but then sweeping Cal, kind of like what you would expect. But, you know, they've won four or five uh, matches. Uh, they're sitting at eight and four in conference, 60 and seven overall. Um, they've got they've got that that big win over Oregon. Uh, they have uh, many more. They have another they have uh, many more games left in the season than soccer does. Uh, they're going all the way to that uh, Apple Cup Eve uh, matchup with, with yep. UW. Um, so lots of good teams left on their schedule to build a resume. Uh, also a lot of opportunity, but so they've been playing well. Um, and you know, Stanford is Stanford, you know, that was, that was, but they, they kind of pushed them in a couple of the sets, but ultimately, you know, you got to win the set. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so they, again, you know, they play, uh, at the Oregon's this weekend. Um, but yeah, they're, they're looking on track. To hopefully grab a, a another uh, postseason appearance. Yeah, it's uh, remains impressive, right? What Jen Greeny has done, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, just continually re- replace people, reload, um, maintain a high level of excellence, um, and in you know, we'd be we'd be sort of remiss not to mention this, yep. you know, in the midst of her husband. Uh, you know, being diagnosed with cancer. So Burdette Green is also like the uh, assistant coach. coach. Assistant yeah. Coach. Associate head coach. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I believe he's their uh, lead recruiter. Um, and, and people of maybe my age, you know, might remember that Burdette was a baseball player uh, when, so I went to school at the same time as both, uh, both Greeny, who was Jen Stinson at the time. Right. Um, when she was playing on the volleyball team and, and Burdett also playing on the baseball team. So both of them are, you know, my age, my contemporaries. 
Um, and so he, you know, came out and announced that he, uh, has cancer. He was not, he was not very specific about, uh, what kind or prognosis or anything like that, but just, you know, kind of said he was undergoing, uh, treatment for that. Um, I believe he talked about surgeries and, and chemo and, and whatever. Um, so obviously best wishes to him. And, and that is, you know, it's a heavy thing, right. For a team, uh, for a team to deal with. And so, you know, even in the midst of all of that, you know, transfers and, uh, you know, health issues with, with the coaching staff, whatever, um, team continues to perform. And, and that's a real testament to Jen and, and the program that um, she and Burdett, you know, have built together. Um, so, yeah, still super fun watching them, um, you know, do what they do and, and, and continue to beat teams and, you know, have a have a program at Washington State that, you know, is is on par with the upper tier of of the of the conference, man. It's it's still very cool and and super fun. And, you know, they, they did what they needed to do against, uh, you know, against Cal, which you know, is, is, as, you know, as we talked about with soccer, right. Um, that was, that was their downfall. No they guarantee. didn't do what they needed to do. Right. You know, I mean, Cal might be bad, but, um, you know, you still got to win the, win the match and, and they did. So, you know, now they got to Oregon state and then a, and a rematch with Oregon, uh, coming up this weekend. So that should be fun. Um, that one's at Oregon. Um, unlike the first one. So, um, lots of rematches here down the stretch, but also lots of winnable matches, Oregon state, Arizona, um, Colorado's a game, you know, revenge game back at home, you know, would like to get that one. Utah's very beatable, you know, and then you got UCLA and Washington. So yeah, I mean, lots of, lots of opportunity here to finish strong. They've got, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games left, eight matches left. So. Yeah. And Jeff, I'm going to throw a curveball for you. We didn't, we didn't talk about this before. Um, I I got two things. Uh, I I do have some email questions. Uh, Some of them are from weeks ago, but. They're kind of still relevant. But before that, yes. uh, we haven't talked about this on the pod, even though it happened a couple of weeks ago. You know, Kempom has his Woo! preseason rankings out. And basketball, it, by the, they, we'll probably be recording right after they play their first game next week. So yeah. we, I think it would behoove us to talk about, we'll, we'll talk about men's basketball. Uh, women's basketball is starting up soon as well they, they've already had an exhibition game um they yeah, we we might need to do we might other. need to do a special basketball podcast yeah because this is not this is not gonna but, go well so in this so short we'll amount start, of time let's let's make it simple so kempom put wsu at 71 to start which yep. is a drop from where they finished last year obviously uh yep. 44 you know how does that feel why would they drop? You know, what? why does it look like that? That's 42 defense, 102 offense. Yeah. You know, wh- why are we looking at 71, which, you know, is not, uh, we're feeling potential NCAA tournament, but 71, that's not typically a team. If you finish no. at 71, you're not going to the tournament most likely, unless no. you have like some no. crazy wins on there. But um, yeah. but yeah, how are we feeling about that? Okay, so I listened to uh, Pomeroy. He did an interview with uh, another one of our favorite people, Jordan Sperber, who does uh, Hoop Vision, uh, which is a very cool uh, endeavor that he does. He creates these awesome videos, kind of breaking down, uh, really kind of breaking down basketball X's and O's. He's a guy who was a former assistant coach at New Mexico State, but also like a like a total nerd. Um, so he he had Pomeroy on, and and what you know. 
it's not that like Ken's uh, forecasting system is some big mystery, but also it's like you, you actually would have kind of a tough time. I, I, I tried to do this one day. Tough time finding like a clear and concise explanation of the factors that go into the projections. And so, you know, listening to him talk about it with Jordan, it, it actually made a bit more sense as to how we ended up at 71. And it wasn't because he was talking about us. It's because he was talking about other teams that made big jumps. So Virginia was the big one that, that they talked about and pointed out. Virginia, I want to say Virginia finished last season basically around where we are starting right now, around 70-ish. Um, and in his preseason projection, they're like number five, five I think. Yeah, number five. And so um, it's like everybody just kind of raises an eyebrow at that, right? Well, how does a team go from year, yeah. 72? Okay, yeah. So how does a team go from 72 to five in one offseason when it's basically the same team and you know they added like one transfer? And what he talked about his projection. So, and I think of the thing that's important for people to note is that, you know, his projection formula is a, is a tested formula. So in other words, he like looks back at past seasons and looks at the factors that most lead to that are most predictive, right? Cause like everything about his system is predictive. The whole thing is meant to be predictive. So what are the factors that are most predictive? And so the big one that he talked about that I thought was really interesting that I think is probably mostly driving um, our preseason projection is this. Okay, so the the biggest one obviously is returning talent, right? Like returning players, experienced players. Returning production specifically. Right, returning production specifically. Like they tend to get better. Returning production you know, like is a good indicator of, you know, taking a step forward. And of course we lost, you know, FA's gone, uh, you know, um, well, you know, flowers yeah, is gone. So we, That's so, is kind of so, a big one. So we basically, so WSU basically lost five of its top six guys in minutes and in usage. Right. So when the system looks at the roster, it goes, ah, <laughs> you know, you've, you're not returning a lot of production. Now somebody might say, but look at all the transfers, Right. His system tends not, he, he even said this, he's like, look, that just transfers are tend not to have as much of an impact, or at least over hi historically, they've had maybe not as much of an impact as fans hope. Then again, this is like on the whole, right? So, um, yeah. so he's saying like, look, his system does not look at transfers as kind of generally major, major, major impact. Like it's definitely going to favor um, if you have guys coming back who have experience and production, uh, you know, and so, you know, the minutes that are returning and the production that's returning, that's always going to kind of be most important. And that makes some intuitive sense, right? Like you're, you know, there's going to be some cohesion there. Uh, if you're adding transfers, a bunch of transfers, like, you know, there's, it's going to be tough to, to be cohesive. Right. So, um, so that makes some sense. The other thing, and, and by the way, that's the thing that everybody goes, yeah, okay. That totally makes sense. Like that's that I would definitely think about that. And we do that right. When, when people make, you know, AP polls or whatever, like they think about, okay, well, who's back and who's gone and, you know, and they kind of try and project it out that way. The other thing that he does that I think I didn't really think that much about, but that sort of makes sense. I, a big factor is the program history. Um, like how good has the program been? And it's predictive in the sense that, you know, if a, if a program has been very, very, very good, over, you know, a, a certain number of years, and then they just have one bad year, 
Like, there's no reason to think that they are suddenly in a death spiral, right? Like, they're probably going to bounce back. Um, and that's that's sort of the, uh, the the philosophy behind the Virginia ranking, right? Is, okay, you look, you go, well, they have, you know, almost everybody back. Uh, the production's all back. They added a, a transfer that, that should be an impact. I mean, it's not a huge factor, but it should be an impact. And then they just have been very, very, very good, you know, for a decade, right? And I think he said that his his uh, his formula, I think, takes into account four or five years, something like that. But still, I mean, they've they've been very, very I mean, good, right? I mean, they won a national championship. A number, a number one season. Yes. You know, you're capturing a number two season if you go back five exactly. years. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So that's all part of the ranking. Okay. If you apply that logic to Washington State, it's the opposite, right? The program history is dragging it down. So when you when you look at the previous, say, five seasons, well, here's what you have, right? You've got, okay, 44 last year. That's great. But then you've got 78, which, given where we came from, is is fine, but also like not the sort of thing that's going to boost your 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 ranking right and then you've got 127 207 and 186 right you've got those two ernie kent years kind of dragging you down at the end if you if you go back five years so i i think that's the big thing that's causing their ranking to be um a bit underrepresented heading into the year i I mean i think we think both think that they're better than 71 or 70 yeah 71 but at the same time like that that does explain some of it teams Look, programs that are bad tend to stay bad, even if they have a, a season where they jump up. And programs that are good tend to stay good, even if they have a season where they're not very good. So I, I think that's what we're looking at. But yeah, that, I think that kind of makes sense. It, it really doesn't take into account, you know, how necessarily good the coach is. Um, I think a system does take into account if you have a coaching change. Um, and depending on how much Division One experience the coach actually has as a head coach, I yeah. think he mentioned those things are factors, but... Um, yeah, so you put all that together, it does, you know, sort of make sense that you might, you know, fall from 44 to 71. Um, but I, you know, it, that's the, I don't know, man, it seems reasonable to me. Does it seem reasonable to you? Yeah. And, and I'll say, you know, obviously if you look at uh, Bart Torvik, who is not exactly the same as Ken, but like does very similar things in terms of his projections, I think. Um, so Bart like kind of relies on people to help him out with some of the, the, the data in terms of the players who went his, his, his top 10 projected heat. So he does projected contributors. He actually has the players listed. Whereas if you go on Ken's page, he doesn't have the players listed yet. Not until after the first game. And it's, it's what they've done in the past, but these are projections. So um, a few weeks ago before Ken's came out, uh, I, I messaged him. He still had Deshaun Jackson and miles rice on there. And so I messaged him and I said, Hey, those two ain't going to play. Like you can take them off. And I think we could pretty, we know miles is not going to play. Can very confidently say that Deshaun's not going to play. Um, so I told him just, you probably be better off for your system to just take them off because they're not going to play. And, um, that took WSU from, I think, around like 52 in his projection to 69. So because you're taking out two of like the top 10 players and then you're after you're putting and then that put in Kamani, put in Dylan Darling in the projection. Um, so that that that's kind of shows you how players can change things because um, you're particularly Deshaun. You're taking out Deshaun, like a returning kind of significant contributor last year. 
taking him out. That probably was where a lot of that hit came from. Um, which honestly, in your head, you're thinking, "Damn, that's a that's a big hit," as well. Like, like if if you're if yep. you're if you're not even like thinking about numbers, you're just thinking, "Yeah, he's good at basketball. That sucks." Like you know, uh, taking him out sucks. You're looking at Miles Rice. Yeah, that's bad for our guard depth. Or that he may even been a a, fr- a fringe starter. Like that sucks. Um, so so you kind of. You can think about how oh, these numbers are weird, but if you just kind of like, like you alluded to, when people are doing rankings, they're doing this sort of math in their head, but it's just less, it's less, uh, like it, it, it's, it's not as like scientific in a way, I guess you could say. Like they're just yeah. kind of do, doing the calculus without a spreadsheet. Um, right. But yeah, so, so it, it's interesting to see. So yeah, like if you're looking at it, we are relying, on a lot of guys to take big leaps. We're all relying on guy transfers to make big impacts. So you can see why a system might be a little skeptical of a program that has an abysmal history like WSU. Yes. Like you could see. Right. It hasn't been like, to an NCAA tournament in, you know, 15 uh, years and uh, whatever. It will be right? 15 by the time the next tournament happens. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so, it's it's exactly like you said. Like, you know, teams that are bad tend to stay bad. Teams tend to be who they are, right? And so the so the system is going to say, all right, they are probably who they are until teams are not returning their best play. You know, they're returning only one of maybe their starters. You know, so they yeah. they have a whole. You know, obviously we started a lot of different guys last year, but what but what like the numbers show is the guys that played the most. Yep. You know, four of them are gone. You know, five, four or five of them are gone. So that's, yep. that's a, that's a big deal. And your best scores. Like that's, that's the big thing. Like the offense definitely dropped off projection wise, um, you know, more steeply than the defense did. So, yeah. And, and if you look at it and you go, okay, well, do you believe they're going to be worse offensively this year? I sure don't. Yeah. Um, Honestly, the funny thing is I feel so, better about the I think offense improving. Then I feel about the defense staying the same because yes. F.A. Abagidi is gone. I would agree with that. I would agree. Yeah, with that. Like, yeah, it's, it's all because of because you're you're <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're losing an elite rim protector, right? Like yeah. maybe the best rim protector in the Pac-12, and so you know now can can Gay take that role? Maybe you know we'll see. Um, you know, and and of course you're you're losing Deshaun from that projection as far as you know. I mean, he's not a not an elite shot blocker, but he's definitely an elite space eater. Um, and he, he definitely solid alters. Yeah. He's, he's, he's okay. He's good. Um, you know, he just, you know, he's big and he, he, one of the things he does really well is use his, use his size and just be big. And so, you know, he alters a lot of shots too, even if he's not blocking a ton. So yeah, you know, losing those guys, uh, you know, when, when really your two point defense, um, was was such a huge part of of what you did last year, um, and it really has been a huge part of what you've done the last two years, right? Well, the the guy anchoring that over the last two years is gone, so yeah, it does it does make it does make a bit of sense. But I think the offense is gonna is gonna figure it out. Um, I'm really excited got, to see what I they do. Offense they've, has more. They've shooters. got some really different pieces, man. Yeah, yeah, more shooters, more maybe more athleticism, um, and Bryce's favorite thing better passers overall 
Yes. Um, just so bigger dudes, more height. They can actually make a pass over a defender. That'll be nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's cut this off before it goes into it. I know. That's what I'm saying. Itself. We got we got to get a whole new, whole other podcast with this. I know. But yeah. So, um, so they got first game coming up next Monday, 7 p.m. Texas State, and then tough one right off the bat at Boise State the following Saturday. So uh, Texas State also not great, but not like the 300-plus slouch that you that sometimes no. you get early in the season. They only no, have one people are going to hear Texas State, and they're going to think, oh, easy win. And I'm going to be like, eh. They only have one of those 300-plus. <laughs> they should ones, win. And it's but, Prairie View yeah. A&M, and it's part of the, the SWAC agreement, and they're playing at Prairie right. View A&M. Right. Um, but, yeah. That's, so, it's and, what we talked about, the reason why they're not playing Idaho. Right. Yes, like that's yeah. a that's a scheduling mandate from the Pac twelve to to yeah, raise so, the standard. So So I'm hyped. Basketball season's about to start. By the next time we record oh, it will have so started. Hyped. So fucking so excited. Um and, and of course, you know, the women expecting to make it back to the tournament again. I, I think they have a chance to be even better than they were last year. Um yeah. bringing in some real good pieces. Uh real exciting stuff. Charlize ready to destroy the world um bella destroy the post um all that good stuff uh but but yeah um i i so um on friday after the game uh i i was in uh, a coffee shop roost in pullman just doing some work before i drove um drove back home and i and i saw uh bella and ula and you johanna and uh jessica clark just sitting at a table and I refrained from being like, Hey, one of your biggest fans go crush it this season. I just left him alone. Um, they probably <laughs> didn't want this like weirdo chubby dad. telling them how great they are. Maybe they did. Maybe I should have. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe it would have made them feel good. Um, it would have made me feel awkward. So I didn't do it. Um, but I thought it in my head. Uh, so go crush it. Um, but yeah, so I actually had a, a few uh, questions from the email over the last couple of weeks. Um, so uh, a couple emails from uh, my friend Blake, uh, a fellow Natchezian. Um, you, we, uh, we, we um, hung out with him at the Coug uh, after the Colorado State game. Um, or before, I don't know, whatever it was. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, let's see. Uh, he's got a few things on here. He says, uh, uh, let's see. He, he likes Sipco hops. Um, any updates on the outdoor practice facility? No. Uh, nope. Nope. Uh, so a little bit of a Mariners rant here. This was obviously after the for the game one of the Astros. Um, let's see. Great pie position. We're not going to do that because uh, we like the kids. Um, okay, which phase of the offense is the biggest problem? Line, receivers, QB, running backs. I'm going to go line. 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 That's an easy one. Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think there's any question about that. Part two, player problem or coaching problem? Uh, a little bit of a little bit of column A, 
Probably a lot of column yeah. A, a little bit of column B, especially after Utah. I'd say game. more for, more from column A. Yeah, but, but that there's Utah plenty game, of blame to go around. That Utah game, there was definitely some column B. Um, and then we have Brendan. Um, let's see. Uh, he, uh, he this is he asked a, one of our last question asked. So appreciate Brendan. Um, he were, he says he we guilted him into asking a question. The, so this is from October seventeenth. So this is before the Utah About game two weeks. after the yes. after the Oregon State game. Yeah. What was the Oregon State game? I think so. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. Ooh, no, maybe that was yeah, that was probably the day after the Oregon State game. Or yeah, or a couple of days after. Um he says the offensive line seems to be struggling lately. Is that just because of improved composition or or could some bye week changes be needed? There were bye week changes. You called yes. it, Brendan. They were definitely by didn't help. Um, didn't help. No, it didn't help. Uh, yes, partly because of improved competition. Also, there were some injuries. Uh, I think just getting figured out a bit. Um, <laughs> you'll love this one, Jeff. Any chance Eric Morris uses the bye week to drop some trick plays for Utah? No. No, he did not. No, and I was super pissed off that they didn't. I was like, man, I thought we were, you know, I thought we were you know, in a little bit of a new era after, after we did it against Oregon. And then, nope. then nothing, nothing, man. No, maybe, maybe so, they had one. They were waiting for a specific situation to use. I don't know. Maybe sorry never sorry to answer your questions, Brendan, after it had already been answered. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I was, I was bummed. Yeah. Sorry. We haven't recorded in a bit, but yeah, those, those are two spot on fucking questions, by the way good work um but yeah uh there were there were changes there were and no there weren't trick plays uh bummer uh so yeah those are our questions um you know if you want to send us questions you can uh email us at podcast versus that's vs everyone at gmail.com uh you can also reach out uh, to me or Jeff on Twitter. Jeff is at pod versus everyone. I'm at the Craig powers. My DMS are open. I do not always look at them, especially if they're from someone. I don't know. I usually, cause it doesn't like automatically notify me, but I do try to look and see if there are any in there from people. I don't know. Uh, cause it doesn't automatically notify if I don't follow the other person back. And uh, sorry if I don't follow you back. I just, uh, I'm just too cool for school, I guess. Um, yeah, if you uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, if you like posts about emo and kooks, um, I'm at uh, Craig W Powers. Jeff posts on Instagram sometimes if he wants to give her his more Instagram. often recently. I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah, I'm working on like it. Like pretty quickly. What are you? It's at News Coog, right? Yeah. The, the the old the old screen name. That's Noose yeah. N U. The old Twitter handle. That is remember, that's how it's pronounced, not Nuss. Noose. Hanging with the noose. Noose Coog. Uh that's right. on Instagram. You can see pictures of his kids and him. Um very, very topical stuff. Uh yeah, so that's uh so we got a plug for now. Uh appreciate y'all that have been listening. Really apologize that we took two weeks off. We are just kind of normal people doing this podcast with normal lives. 
Um, but, uh, you know, maybe if we made a little more money on it, we would be more consistent. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Jeff, uh, it was good to talk to you again, buddy. Um, I know. It's and, been awesome. And with that, I will say go Cougs. Go Cougs, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated. Boost. Do it. Boost. We forgot to do a score prediction. You want to do that real quick? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 18-16 uh, Cougs. Yep. I'm going 20-17 Cougs. All right. Thank you, everyone. Congrats to you that... That uh, that stayed.